everybody. Welcome back to episode five of the Side Dish Podcast, where we dish it out with some of Boston's brightest culinary minds. As always, it's Brittany from Boston Food Journal here with my sister. Hey, everyone. Hey, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make fun of me. That's our intro. say it every time. Um, But anyway, thank you guys for um, listening in. If you've been listening this whole time and you are a loyal fan, shout out to you. Thank you. We love you. If I sound different today, it's because I've finally upgraded my mics. We're getting more official as we go, which is an amazing thing because this has been a, what did you call it, Kale, a low-budget podcast <laughs> on our end, on our end. <laughs> on our end. Um, AKA me having a terrible mic. Yeah, bringing my AirPods, AirPods was, not, <laughs> yeah. was not cutting it. So I had to lend her my other work headset. So that's well, what actually, she's doing. Well, <laughs> actually, I bought myself a headset and it like didn't work, so... It's because you Not have my the fault. dongle, the, the dongle anyway, on your Mac. But right. Yeah, but anyway, we are here. We are official. We've got a great episode for you today. Kate's going to do her wine tip of the week. And then we jump into an interview with a good friend of mine, Nicole Liu. She is the founder of Vester Cafe in Kendall Square. You've probably been seeing them on social all over. They've been doing some really cool collabs with some awesome influencers. But I love Vester. It's all fresh. It's very clean. It's uh, the vibes are clean. It's it's you know locally sourced. So we'll talk to Nicole about that. And then at the end for the BFJ tips, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite spots for breakfast. I feel like brunch has become such a buzzword. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like I like brunch, but I really prefer like breakfast, like pancakes, bacon. So I'm going to detail um, a couple spots that I frequent for like a true breakfast, not some fancy brunch, but like a legit breakfast. So that's yeah. what we got on the pod today. Before we jump in, I have to laugh at something. I got this like frantic text from Caitlin uh, <laughs> two days ago. And Caitlin all of a sudden was panicking because she learned of this new okay, word. Caitlin, let me tell you why though, because you sent me a TikTok, which again, I don't have TikTok, but I saw it on Instagram and it yes, was- wait, let me shout me- that girl out. Me getting her. ready in 2012 to go out, right? And that was my senior year of college. So I was laughing Aaron so Miller, hard. Aaron over Miller. the moon far away. She does the funniest, like very good Aaron. 90s and 2000s. Because I literally owned that outfit with the, it was like chevron peplum top with a big yep. chunky necklace and like yep. a tight poofy bun. And I it was like, like me getting ready all. to go out in 2012. And then it was really funny. And then, of course, like Nicki Minaj Starships was playing in the background, which was like such a song of that era. Yep. So, okay, she sends me that. And I'm like, oh, I relate to this. Then I'm reading, I, I don't know what I was reading something, but I come across this word, chuggy. Have you guys heard of this? Chuggy. So I go, Brittany, I'm chuggy. I had not heard of this, but when you explained Help it to me. me, I was like, yes. So chuggy is just like not stylish. Now, Caitlin no, has, it's like, slightly off trend. Okay, sorry. It's a side part, skinny jeans, um, live, laugh, love, which I haven't said in years, but I used to. You used to wear Paul <laughs> Frank express, expression Okay, Brittany, shirts. that was like 2003, so that's very different. Okay, but here's this the thing. Like, let me interrupt you. I still do a, you know, sometimes a side part and wear skinny jeans, but it's like going the next level to like the polka dot peplum, the chevron with the <laughs> chunky chains, wearing Uggs. That is you. And I've been right, telling you listen, for, for I love years. my Uggs. Not giving them up. In the winter, no better dog walking shoe. Okay, but the chevron the paisley peplum. That I can toss. I don't know if I can give up my polka dots. <laughs> but uh, now I was like ter- panicking because I'm like, Brittany, I think I'm like off fashion. Like I. So Caitlin is like a walking what do I do? off <laughs> J. Crew ad. 
pretty much. <laughs> Which and, I guess and is trendy according to the youths. Our entire family days. makes fun of me for like the weird fashion things that I wear. I'm just trying not to be chooky. That's all. You guys are uh, making fun of me, but now you get it. I was laughing at myself. I'm like, oh no, I like am defined by this word. It's well, embarrassing. You know, kids Whatever. these days will never know what we went through as kids young, these days. <laughs> as young. Chuggy was at one point very cool. cool. So that's oh my what god! I'll remember those? Remember those zigzag headbands too? Oh, that was like the '90s. But yeah, I remember I had a zigzag part butterfly oh, clips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the butterfly clips with the wings that like moved. Oh yeah, the wire when you wings. Moved? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I remember that clip of yours. And crimping your hair. Remember we used to crimp our hair all the time. Yep. Unfortunately, you had unruly curly hair growing up so like when you tried to crimp it it just looked crazy <laughs> yes I uh, do recall. well anyway there you have it caitlin is chuggy and if you didn't know what that was go yeah look it but up. we'll work what? on that we'll work on that so kate uh tell us what we're sipping on today i'm sure that your wine taste is not chuggy so what are we what no, are we sipping on today it's not and you know what i'm gonna say this coming out of the pandemic we're all a little chuggy because we don't know what the style has been in the last year because it's been a wash so time warp there you have it So today, I think I'm going to get um, out of the France and Italy areas. So I will talk today about a wine from Uruguay. So oh, it's a okay. medium. Yeah, it's called the Garzon Tanat Reserva. 2016 was the one that I tried, which was really good. It's a, a medium-bodied red from the Garzon region or Garzon region in Uruguay. And Tanat is the name of the grape. And this one's super reasonable. It's like 15 bucks. Um, they seem to distribute everywhere also. So you probably could find this at your local wine store or Total Wine or, um, you know, any, any liquor store really would probably carry this. On the tasting notes, so you're going to get a lot of red and black fruits like plums and raspberries, but it's also spicy. And I know it's kind of weird to describe a wine as spicy, but mm-hmm. what that means is you get a little hint of pepper kind of oh. on the end there. Like it's hard to describe, but it's like almost like a little peppery. aftertaste of like, like a little yeah. peppery. It's, like it's kind of like, um, you know, you might get a little bit of like coffee and chocolate flavors because that's like what what the barrel is you know from the barrel and that kind of gives it like a little spicy spicy taste so it's it's maybe a wine with a more fuller bodied um full, medium to fuller bodied and it's kind of a stronger flavor because of that um so i would recommend a roasted meat with this one specifically mm. um one place i was reading about suggested a slow roasted lamb Ooh, that sounds so, good. So yeah, so something kind of rich that's gonna really go well with the pepperiness um, of the wine, yep. or a strong tasting cheese like a blue cheese. So anything that's kind of rich or strongly flavored um, will, will go really well with this one. And like I said, it's available everywhere. So just see if you can you can find it. I think it's they, they distribute like I said pretty pretty well. This wine's won a couple of awards, which always propels them to distribute more widely so very cool yeah what a a good find what a good find kate branching out well thank you for that um so now let's jump into our interview with nicole again nicole is a good friend and the founder of vester cafe in kendall square nicole thank you so much for joining us on our podcast 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and chatting with you ladies today. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what inspired the idea to start Vester? I actually have been, I was born and raised in the greater Boston area and my parents opened up one of the country's first gourmet fine dining Chinese restaurants in the early 1980s. So the whole dining experience and uh, restaurants, food was a cornerstone of my upbringing. Um, growing up, it was always really important to travel and to see different cultures and to experience them through food. So that definitely came naturally to us. My parents actually advised me and my sisters to not open our own restaurant when we were young. And <laughs> so that's the exact opposite of what we've done. I actually went to NYU for news broadcasting. And upon graduating, I looked back on my resume and realized that I had no experience in media at all, but instead I had all this restaurant and hospitality experience because it's always what I have gravitated towards mm -hmm. and what felt comfortable and natural to me. Um, I ended up working in luxury hospitality in restaurants and in hotels from New York to Chicago. And in 2015, my sister, Nadia, who is the founder of Dumpling Daughter, she invited me to come back home to my hometown, Weston, Massachusetts, and help her progress and grow Dumpling Daughter. And I did so for three years before opening up Vester. Love that. And I've never asked you this. How did you come up with the name Vester? I'm curious. And I meant to ask you over dinner, but yeah. Absolutely. So Vester is actually short for a neighborhood called Vesterbro in Copenhagen in Denmark. Oh, okay. I traveled to Denmark, like it was probably 2014. I went by myself and it was the only place that I've ever been truly solo. I didn't know anyone. I'd never been there, had no idea what I was getting into, but I knew that there was a huge food, food scene there. So I was kind of just walking around the entire city. I stumbled across this neighborhood and it was really barren, cobblestone. Uh, no one was there. And then I turned a corner and suddenly there were all these people hanging out, drinking beers around a fire pit. There were all these little local restaurants and that was Vesterbro. It was actually the meatpacking district that I found by chance. That's and cool. I just loved how, yeah, it was amazing. It was all the small local restaurants that anchored the new neighborhood and revived it. And I loved what it stood for. And I kind of saw an element of that in Kendall Square. It was, mm -hmm. Kendall was a kind of a barren neighborhood that was getting revived. I mean, Nadia and I were the first, I think, small businesses on our street. So yeah. it was definitely a parallel I saw, even between Boston and Copenhagen as well. Mm -hmm. Just the seafood, the, the whole element being by the water, kind of like a town, less like a city. That's really cool. Now, um, yeah. we want to plug your sister, Nadia, as well. We, I particularly Absolutely. also love Dumpling Daughter. The bao buns are, or the pork buns are my favorite. Um, what's oh, it like good. to have a sister? Yeah, they're so good. And the at-home ones are very easy to make, and I can do it myself, <laughs> and they still taste good. Um, but we're Amazing. curious, like, what's, what's it like to have a sister in the industry? Sounds like you've worked together on projects. Do you still collaborate? Um, between Vester and Dumpling Daughter? Definitely. So it's great to have a sister in, in the industry. So Nadia and I are extremely close to start with. We're eight years apart, but 
we are actually extremely, extremely close. And it's wonderful to have her as a counterpart because we have experiences that are similar and yet different, if that makes any sense. For example, our experiences uh, in the hospitality industry are very different. Mine Mm -hmm. is very formal. I had a very formal training in hotels, corporations, restaurants. Nadia's is a little bit more mom and pop because the only restaurant she's actually ever worked in were my parents. Right. And so we see the industry from very different sides and very different experiences. And we operate and lead our businesses in very different ways. And so I think that's really beneficial to the both of us because we bounce ideas off of one another. We see different sides, uh, different angles of it. So whenever I have an issue that or a roadblock that I need her help on, she's a fresh perspective and understands the situation completely, vice versa for her. And uh, in terms of collaborations, I'd say the most collaborations that we've done are usually on site. For example, if a client wanted to use the entirety of our spaces in Kendall Square, because it is such a a fluid space, Mm -hmm. we would collaborate in our service. Uh, the pandemic was a really wonderful opportunity for us to collaborate as well. She was super generous and invited Dumpling, uh, invited Investor to to do a pop up at Dumpling Daughter in Weston, which was exciting because we were able to serve a new community, one that was much more population dense than, for example, Kendall Square, mm-hmm. and it was a good way to also keep my staff employed uh, throughout the pandemic. So there's so many positives of having a connection, a family connection in the industry, if you can manage it. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's so cool that you have the different perspectives because I can see how that would be super beneficial to get like both sides of, you know, you looking at it one way, her looking at it the other. I think that's like a recipe for success, really. Kind of forced my my way into Britney's industry by making <laughs> myself be part of this podcast. So as you should, as <laughs> yeah. you should. I love and it. She, I love and she brings business. she brings in a fresh perspective of things that I don't think about. So it does yeah, like we kind of have that same we kind of have that same breakdown. Precisely. So it it, exactly. it is good. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean you you obviously touched on it a little bit, but in general, how was COVID for you um, and for Nadia, I guess? How, did it change your business? How did you kind of pivot? We see a lot of businesses that have been, you know, thinking of creative ideas or, you know, doing X, Y, and Z things differently than they had before. So how was that experience for you? Absolutely. So for Vester, it was quite devastating because being in Kendall Square, I mean, Kendall is a community that thrives on the nine to five people going yeah. to work. MIT students, professors, it's not really a place that people go and start their families. And I live in Kendall Square and it is dead at night. But when I I knew that COVID really was becoming a thing when the scientists disappeared, it was literally overnight. And I I, I just remember thinking, well, if all of these super educated people who are studying infectious diseases are leaving and not coming to work, perhaps this might be a problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, mm-hmm. from that point on, it was, it was quite dire. And fortunately, uh, because we're a small business uh, and we work with our landlords, the Broad Institute, who were so, so helpful to us throughout the whole pandemic, we were able to survive. Um, it was also Vestra at Home, which was my greatest pivot. Uh, it's a frozen homemade meal line that also helped us adjust. 
that was the case for Vester. I really can't speak on behalf of Dumpling Daughter, but I know that Nadia's different locations all mm. differed. They mm-hmm. varied greatly. For example, Kendall location shut down. Um, they did open up Brookline uh, in Coolidge Corner. And Weston actually thrived from my understanding because everyone is at home. Families are cooking all the time. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure the mothers didn't want to cook every single night. People were actually putting huge orders from my understanding, like pre-order. Wow. So wow. Weston, I think was in a very fortuitous position. Um, and it was great. It was great to collaborate with them and to bring those synergies together. That's incredible. Now yeah. we also we wanted to to dive a little deeper into V at home, Vester at home. So yeah. that was born out of the pandemic. It sounds I actually was lucky enough to sample some V at home, <laughs> and it's very delicious. But tell us more about like what the overall goal was there, and how that's going, and how you come up with those different meals and recipes, and, and what's your inspiration there. Totally, Vester at home was such a pandemic pivot, but it was only during the dark months that I realized, I, re- I remember that when I was formulating the Vester concept, I wanted it to be a lifestyle brand, you know, and I remembered being in Denmark and seeing all the girls go around and they all wore like variations of black, white, and gray. And it was such a vibe, the whole city yeah. had a vibe. And I really wanted to exude that vibe within the Vester concept. And whether it was coffee or how they ate, the mentality and the approach to eating, um, the the true lifestyle behind it, I wanted to expand um, more than just a cafe. And so Vestra at Home was a great first step in that direction. So during the pandemic, when no one was coming to Kendall Square and everyone I think wanted something comforting to eat uh, that was easy to prep, I thought of this idea along with uh, a few friends of mine as well. They all pitched in and gave their ideas. And we thought, what if we created a frozen food line, but a frozen food line that was super healthy and delicious. So it was all things that I also love to eat, but didn't really have a spot on the Vester menu. Vester's menu is full of breakfast items, sandwiches, salads, very much a daytime offering. And some of my favorite foods are not on the menu. For example, pasta. Pasta, yeah. yeah. Pasta. <laughs> Every day, all day. Yeah. It, it was a disgrace that it wasn't on the menu. One of my biggest passions is making pasta sauce. And so I was able to create Vester at home with the idea of, okay, someone is not an experienced cook. They love restaurant food. They're also health conscious. Um, So many of the items that I prepare are vegan and gluten-free. Everything is all natural, super clean, very, very minimal use of salt, oils, almost no butter. And it's pretty much, it's frozen and it comes with simple prep directions, essentially defrost, heat up. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) can't mess that up. Can't mess that up. Can't mess it up. And so um, the menu changes every month and it's still a concept very much in in its infancy, just because fortunately Vester has also continued to get busier. Um, It's great. Spring months. Yeah. It's awesome. um, 
I think Vestra at Home is a whole other area to tackle and has opportunity for growth that I haven't necessarily been able to commit 200%. Um, just because I've been the one that makes the food. Right? Oh, wow. It and markets <laughs> yeah. it. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. That is in a lot. Beginning, in the beginning, I was literally, I felt like I was a factory cook. Yep. Like I was yeah. in the kitchen by myself, cranking out 30 to 40 pounds of food. That's crazy. Whoa. And I was like, this is wild. And then, so yeah, I would make it, I packaged it. I would write the instructions. I promoted it on social media. Um, I would see my customers. I would, you know, tell them about it. They would buy it. So it, it felt like a one woman show yeah. right in the beginning. So now it's definitely evolved since then, but <laughs> very much a grassroots start. That's a lot of work too. I can't imagine that's, I must've kept you busy for sure. In addition to operating the business, running the cafe, running the cafe. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. It's a bit, but it's, it's been rewarding. It's, it's an awesome experience. We did a whole photo shoot for it and it's just been a really fun new outlet because people have been able to enjoy things that I love in a new way. Kind of like, you know, it's a luxe, a luxe take home frozen item. It's not, you right. know, from the grocery store, you're not sure what it is. There's a bunch of preservatives. Yeah, like, from a big is... factory somewhere, whoever knows Correct. where. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's home cooking brought to you. Are you ever, I know you said you were inspired, inspired by the Danish lifestyle um, and vibes, but does the cuisine, did the cuisine there inspire any of your favorite dishes or is it just kind of more like you liked their their vibes? Like, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of a good Danish food item. Like, <laughs> right? No, absolutely. Yeah. It's so it's so underrepresented in America, yeah. I believe. So people right. don't really know what's going on about Danish cuisine, and I feel that the Danish cuisine has had the whole movement there has been mega. Right? Like, yeah, they were producing some of the world's best restaurants, and people were curious what was going that on. That is very true. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I went. And so I always make it very clear to customers this isn't specifically Danish food brought Mm. to you, right? It's the philosophy. So what I noticed Mm, about restaurants there was that it was always a very industrial space for the most part. Mm. It was very grassroots. And the cooks and the chefs were always visible to the customers. You always saw- Open open kitchen. kitchen. I love an open kitchen. Yeah, I love it. You felt like the whole experience from the cooking to the- the customers that are in the space to the staff, it was one bubble and Mm -hmm. everyone saw everyone. It was a very visible space. And that's Mm -hmm. what I loved about it is that everyone was in it together. There was no hiding. There was no, Oh, the kitchen is in the back and the chef doesn't talk to you. Right. My chefs know the customers. They see them on the daily basis. People see who's preparing their food. You can see where your food is prepared. Right. So it's, uh, it's like a very, it's very much shared experience. Got it. And that's what I'm trying to, to transfer in addition to the fact that the food in Copenhagen that I experienced is very much seasonal. It's very mm. clean. Um, they weren't, he- there wasn't heavy sugars, heavy butter. It was very light. Mm-hmm. And I myself suffer indigestion. Oh and yeah, like all this stuff. Same. Like heavy eating. <laughs> Caitlin, all Caitlin too. Pepsi yeah. twice a day. To, can't Absolutely. Live without exactly. it. <laughs> and I was like, how how can I produce food that is clean, delicious, yeah. beautiful, 
quick quality uh, and turn it over within minutes, right? Because the community that we're serving is super fast paced. Like we have to turn Mm -hmm. out tickets in less than 10 minutes. And yet Mm -hmm. everything is always made for you. Everything is very healthy. It's very transparent and you don't feel bloated. You don't have indigestion. It feels super good. And I always said the way that you feel after a meal defines how good the meal was, right? You shouldn't feel bloated, like, yeah, gross, sleepy. It actually fuels you. Even your like baked goods, I feel like leave that effect. Like it really, you really do a good job providing that clean food, but also how aesthetically pleasing it is. I feel like that's so important too. Like it's so nice looking, it looks fresh, but it also looks, you know, crave worthy and Instagrammable. And I, I think like you hit all those things people nail on the head. with their eyes, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's always, the especially now. Person. Exactly. And I just, mm-hmm. I want, even before Instagram and all of that, I just, I wanted things to be attractive and I wanted them to be as beautiful as they tasted, right? It should be refined, beautiful, delicious, made for you. And it should be quick and it mm-hmm. should have a lot of good quality elements to it. Right. I think we often eat mindlessly, right? Or just like feeding ourselves because, you know, we're trying to get through the day. But Mm -hmm. what I wanted to create at Vester was what I call daily luxuries. So Mm. something that you would have every day, but it's presented to you in a way that is refined and special. So it's a daily luxury. It's something nice. It's just something refined. You treat yourself that day. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. What are your favorite menu items at Best Star? I know it's probably hard to choose, oh my but <laughs> yes, I think it's honestly, I don't have a specific favorite one because it depends on the mood, the weather, mm-hmm. how I feel. Most of the menu items that I've created are a result of a memory that I've had somewhere. Oh, cool. So, yeah. So I think that depending on the feeling, I'll go or gravitate to one thing or another. For example, mm-hmm. The breakfast burrito, it's so simple, but I only was inspired to create one because I went to Austin, Texas. And I was oh, like, there are burritos so everywhere. Yep. And I was like, why, why, don't, why don't I have one? It's so simple. So I came back and I created the most simple but stuffed Lux burrito. Like there's a, like half an avocado in it, bacon, mm. cheese, soft scrambled eggs, soft tortilla. I went to Paris with my sister and my mother and I'm like, oh, croque madame. I'm like, why don't I have a croque madame? Like, this is so obvious. Mm-hmm. So all the elements of Vester were pretty much pulled together as a memory or a food item that I've had somewhere, or they were customer inspired. So frankly, I, I, it's, it's lame to say, but I love them all because <laughs> they all remind me of something special. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I got to say the, you already know this, but the avocado toast is like, <laughs> is that is the one so, thing you go order all the time? Well, it, style. I'm like <laughs> patiently, I'm patiently waiting for like a delivery situation <laughs> because I would order that. It's simple, but it's like the way that the toast is toasted and then like the salt ratio and the oil and it's quite good I tried to make one myself and it was not it was I think it's so silly like my I I joke about it with my friends I'm like it's so simple it's avocado toast right like how exciting could it get if you're so good 
if you're telling someone that has never been to Vester, you're like, oh, the avocado toast, but everywhere does avocado toast. So why is it special? And I think the reason why I was excited to bring it, yeah, is because the avocado is exactly at the perfect ripeness. It's you see the whole half and it's finely sliced. I was so sick of people mashing stuff. And I was like, why are you mashing? If it's good, why are you destroying it? You know, put it out there. Everything should be delicately placed, delicately done. And so it's just, it's simple. It's straightforward. It's super clean. And you eat it and it's like air, mm. <laughs> like, but it's sustainable. It's so good. So, so, yeah. so good. Thank you. I'm so glad you so love good. it. Um, yeah. And we, we've been asking all of our guests this too, just because it's great to see what people's answers are, but what are your favorite spots to eat and drink here in the Absolutely. city or the I, greater city could be anywhere. Of suburb. course. I love, love talking restaurants. And yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite places and somewhere I've been going throughout the pandemic is Oishi. Um, oh. in South End or across the street from Myers and Chang and yep. hmm. chef uh, Ting, he's the chef owner. I love it because not only is it amazing quality, super fancy, actually, a lot of people would think that it's corporate owned or something, but it's owned by Ting and his family. And I love seeing his son in there. And it reminds me of my family, like how, oh. We learn yeah. from our parents. We're in the restaurant and they do such a wonderful job. They're so hospitable. We know all the staff and they have an amazing high-end offering of quality fish, mm-hmm. wonderful cocktails. And it's always exciting. There's a, a little bit of fear with their food. Like if you've ever mm. had the salmon on fire. The flaming salmon. Yeah. Strip. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, like the like flaming it. salmon. I know my nephew who's like four went there and he was just amazed. And it's, it's fun to see kids experience dining in that way. It's new Mm -hmm. and it's fresh. Um, I also love number nine park Mm -hmm. an amazing, like Boston staple, of course, Mm. fantastic cocktails. And the funny thing is I never dine in the dining room there. It's always in the bar at the bar. Yeah. At the bar, I love their bar menu, the tartare, having a, a fantastic, fresh, clean martini with it. Mm. They have a great, great wine list, fantastic wine list, and the Corvin as well. Corvin, you know, allows you to try different wines that are usually a little bit more high end that if you don't want to open up the bottle, you can get just a tasting. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And so they have a great wine program. It was the first place I ever had a cheese cart um, oh. when I was 15. Oh, and I, love that. I had lunch there. <laughs> so it's also a great memory. Good memories. Um, Julia in Cambridge. Yes. We, we love that it there. Is one of Family my favorites of all it. time. Yeah. Yes. Have you, ever had, have you ever had their Negroni? Yeah. It's really good. It's so good. And they have such a good wine program there too. It's, I love Julia and the open kitchen. Like you were saying, you can see right in the back. Yep. It's homey, you know, homey, super homey. Um, a good, my good friend, he's the manager and I just love seeing the tight ship that he runs, you know, he he always says, he goes, this is a, this is a neighborhood place and I love it. And they do it with such precision and they do do it well. Yep. Yeah, that's one In of our family faves. I think, yeah, um, Il Panino, duh. <laughs> yeah, 
That's a favorite da, in the North da. End. Just, yeah. just went there. <laughs> I think Nadia and I, Nadia and I are going to go for lunch today. So. Are you? Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Gonna sit outside, get some apérol. Exactly. Get that tuna. I've been going to El Camino since I was in grade school. Yeah, it's so good, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those I feel like those are my top favorites for sure. At least places that I've been going to for a long time. Yeah, I haven't tried the first two, so I mean, we I should got, go. I got some catching should, up to do. We I know. should go. I I need to go to Oishi. I've never been, but I like I know a lot about it because I it's their flaming salmon is like so and, all over and and there's like Instagram. a wagyu burger with like a wasabi oh. aioli. Yum. And I just, I love it. I mean, we, we should all go together. I'm, we that'd should. Be fun. Yeah. That would, yeah. Would be, yes. Kate, get down here. Kate's in Providence, but I know I live in Providence now. So, quick, but I can make the drive trip. away. Make, make the trip. The trip. We're, yeah. making, we're making it happen. We're going to make it happen. Um, so we just want our, our listeners to know how to connect with you. So um, can you tell our listeners how they could order a Vester at home kit if they're interested or, um, you know, order lunch and dinner from Vester when your social handles, like how can people best connect with you? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So in terms of Vester at home, the best way to order it is to go to VesterCafe.com and there is a V at home page where you can see all of this month's offerings, the prep instructions, and there is a, a pretty much a, submit, a submission box where you can put in your address and get Vestar at Home delivered to you. Um, we are extending delivery now and more so than ever just due to the, due to the demand now. You can also go to Vestor Cafe in Kendall Square, order Vestor at Home there in addition to any of the menu items that we do offer. Um, the best way to get in touch with us online definitely is through Instagram. That's where we release most of our promotions and our latest updates. We will be rolling out indoor dining very soon. So all these little details about what we're doing, how you can get a freebie, um, what is the next promotion is all through Vester Cafe's Instagram handle. Yeah. Awesome. And I get what's next for you. I mean, anything we can, yeah. Anything we can look for you, (laughs) what's coming, just check out those Instagram handles. (laughs) I would say definitely that I'd say on the back burner things that have been on my mind is consumer goods. I'm excited uh, to experiment and use the cafe, honestly, as a platform to try out different things um, that I've had in the back of my mind about um, recipes or packaged items. I've been really inspired by Nadia my mom and my sisters, because the three of them are actually in the dumpling business and their Mm. frozen food, their frozen dumplings have been such a success. And I've been inspired by the process of them getting it out to the market. And I too would, you know, would like to partake in that in however, which way I can, because those channels have already been developed. And so I have a few ideas on the back burner as to ways to push Vester forward with our own products as well. Very That's cool. Su- super exciting. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait for that. You'll, you'll have to wait and see. It could be cosmetics. It could be. Cool. Ooh, <laughs> oh, right. I'm a on wide range. My, I'm on the edge of my seat. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Brittany loves cosmetics. I do. I mean, yes. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. This was such a great chat. Thank you for sharing all the information about Fester, some info about Dumpling Daughter. And we're looking forward to what you have coming down the line and following your journey. I can't wait to do it with you, ladies. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank Thank you. guys so now for my bfj scoop i want to talk breakfast like i said at the beginning of this episode i feel like brunch has overcome traditional breakfast which is fine but i personally just love a good you know pancake egg. Spoon. yes like a just a good breakfast so there's really three places in boston that i go to quite often i don't necessarily like post when i'm here much because you know, it might be like a morning after a hangover or um, after a shoot and I'm really tired, but these are places that I frequent a lot and I really, really love. So the first is Breakfast Club in Alston. I said Alston, but I think it's Brighton. The food is just so good. They have like traditional normal stuff. Then they also have like really elaborate, you know, Belgian waffles with like chocolate chips and bananas, you know, Mm. big, big shakes, like really like outrageous stuff too, but also just traditional good food. And it's in a little cute little like diner cart. So it's very old school diner vibes and it's just so good. So that's like a place that I love Tucker and I go there after shoots a lot. And again, that's kind of why I don't post about it because I'm so tired after shoots. I actually also, for those who know me, know that I used to work at New Balance, which is right down the road. And I used to go here with colleagues as well for like a quick lunch or an early dinner after work. So I have a lot of good memories here. And it's just like the food is consistently good all the time. So I love it. Breakfast club. The next is Metropolis. This is another mm. South End gem. Now, I first went with you, Kate, when we were living together. We went in the there South End. all the time. So Kate and I ca- have this. Counter. We did. We have this like obsession with their pancakes. And when people ask me, where do I go for pancakes? I say Metropolis. They put something in them and it's so I don't know. Good. It's like vanilla. I think it's. I think it must be vanilla. It's something. Yeah, if they're, but they're so good, just though. So good. Everything. I don't even like think I've ever gotten much. Else I get there. pancakes and bacon there, <laughs> yeah. and they have like nice stuff. Like it's a more upscale brunch right. place, but for some reason, I always fall back to the the pancakes. pancakes. And they're like they're not greasy at all. No, what you say, really Kate? Good. They're like really like not greasy and tasty. delicious. Yep. Um, and then the last is another South End spot. I know we're kind of biased to South End, but I just love the South End. Um, Mike City Diner in the South End. I haven't been here since the pandemic, but this is also just like good old school diner vibes, traditional long lines, goes fast. You know, you're always going to have to wait, but it's like a quick turn. Um, you know, it's in the heart of the South End and it's just so, so good. Cash only, that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do just, you know, I love it here and it's open super early. It's actually right near, um, Toro. Oh, yep. Yeah. I know exactly like, where that it's is. Like right yeah. next to Toro, right near Toro. So would highly recommend Mike city diner for another, just like bacon and eggs type breakfast. Um, I've been to Mike's hungover a lot of times. I'll just say that. <laughs> so I can't wait to go adventure there again. Now that things are starting to open back up. Yeah, I have a couple that I remember from my days um, in Southie, but there's also one in Beacon Hill, the Paramount, remember? Oh, yeah, the Paramounts. I remember Par- we went to the Southie Paramount's one all the time. Paramount's amazing, all the time. And also South Street Diner, right in the financial district. It's like tucked between yeah, yeah, that's, huge buildings. So that's, that's a 24-hour diner also, I should mention. 
I've oh. been to self. I have been to South Street Diner, but only from like one a.m. to four. Oh my gosh! You know what? That just reminds me. The next episode, I'm gonna do twenty-four hour diners. I get that question all the time. Really? Or twenty-four hour like restaurants? Like where can 20, you eat like late, late night? night food? Good exactly. Late night food. Now that everything's opening back up, and people are gonna be maybe going to clubs soon. Who knows? That's gonna be what I'm gonna talk about next because that question comes up an awful. Well, we lot. already plugged South End Pizza, so you're gonna have to. Oh, I got people some other options. I got so many other <laughs> options, guys. I'm a late night eater. Like after a night of going out. So true. Dr- drinking are. some cocktails like I need some food. So, yeah, yeah I, I know the, the spots. So anyway, I'll talk about that in the next episode. But those are my three spots that I love for breakfast. Um, I hope you guys check them out. And it's exciting that things are starting to open back up now. Yeah, lots of positive news in the in lots of positive there this news. week. So. Yep. Really looking forward to getting inside all restaurants yeah. <laughs> at full capacity and Agreed. near ha- near people again. I'm excited about super that. Super happy for the restaurants themselves too. So this is a good good situation, and we're really happy to support, keep supporting our local restaurants that we love so much. So there you yeah. have it. There you have it. We did it again. We did it again. Well, that's everything for today's episode, guys. We hope you love it. Quick reminder to subscribe and give us a review. We actually have some really, really nice reviews, which... Yes, thanks, everyone. The pretty <laughs> review out there. So flattering. Can't yeah. <laughs> like us. Um, and then also follow us. So you can follow me at Boston Food Journal and then follow um, us at Side Dish Podcast. Quick little plug if you're listening to this. I'm going to be doing a ton of amazing giveaways, literally like three in a row the end of this week and early next. So make sure that you're following along because they're going to be some good stuff. So nice. I'm sad I'll never win one of those. Yeah, unless. <laughs> no, oh. I never will. <laughs> That's okay. I get a lot of other good perks. Yeah, you get the perks. You get the yeah. perks. All, All right. right. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. And we will catch you next week. All One, right. two, three. Decapuous sisters out. out. Oh, I, we're saying sisters now. Peace and blessings. Or just Decapuous out. No. Oh. Ciao.